0: Welcome to Coles on the Coast, the podcast where we talk about riding the waves of sustainability, preparedness, and living the small homestead life. I'm Charlie, and today we're going to talk about being prepared for household repairs. Um, this is a topic that I don't see discussed very often in you know preparedness groups or preparedness podcasts. I know it, it has been discussed. Um, Toolman Tim Cook that does the workshop podcast, he actually coined the phrase preparedness. And the whole idea is that you're prepared to repair. That means that you understand the systems that exist in your house, your plumbing, your electrical, your appliances. You understand them well enough, and you have the tools on hand to be able to repair them in an emergency. Now, does this mean that they're repaired to their fullest extent, that they can function fabulously again? Not necessarily. Um, I mean, you've got tradesmen that have been in the trades for 40, you know, 40, 50 years that know how to repair these systems and have them working like they should. We're talking about having something that a simple, you know, a regular homeowner, homeowner can handle simple knowledge of the systems and a simple way to repair them so that they can get back to some sort of um, normality, right? So let, let's, uh, what we're going to do today is take a few minutes and we're just going to kind of explore what systems exist in the house, um, simple things that you need to know about those systems, and then simple ways that you can repair them and the items that you might need in order to keep those things in semi-working condition. So, um, and if you hear noise in the background, that's my fan. Um, I've got it out here in the, the shop where we actually record all these. And right now, the AC in the house keeping us nice and cool in there. But out here, it's still a sweatbox. So, let's look at plumbing first. Plumbing tends to be one of the ones that happens most frequently, especially in colder temperatures. And sometimes, you know, plumbing systems fail and you get a leak. So, plumbing kind of... There's two or three different things that could be the case with plumbing, right? Your plumbing system could be PEX. It could be PVC. It could be copper. You know, you could have cast iron in your house. There's all sorts of different scenarios with plumbing, and you need to at least have a general idea as to, you know, where your cutoff switch is for your house, you know, out in the yard, where's your meter box, can you turn that off, do you know how to turn that off, do you have a cutoff switch in the house that's on, you know, like in our house, there's a shutoff switch right before you get to the water heater, so you can actually turn that water off, you still got pressure from the the outdoor line, but you're not receiving any into the house at that point. That's beneficial because if you have a leak, you want to stop it as quickly as you can, right? You want to remediate the issue that you've got. So knowing where those shutoffs are gets you that much closer to solving the issue. Now, once you've got your water shut off, you're going to need to know the proper way to fix the issue or at least patch it and seal the issue off until you can get a reputable plumber to come out and work on your system. So what you can do is you can buy shark bite fittings. Well, one, all right, hold on. Let's step back one step. You need to know what system you've got. If you've got copper, if you've got PVC, if you've got PEX, you need to know what system you've got, and you need to have the proper cutting tool. So like if you've got a faucet that, or if you've got an elbow connection, right? And for some reason the, the elbow has split and it's spraying water out into a rafter, or into your attic, or under your sink, you need to be able to shut the water off, and then cut that elbow out, and then cap the area that's feeding the water. But in order to do that, you have to know what type of cutting tool you need, because copper has a specific cutting tool. PVC has a specific cutting tool. And, P- and PEX, they do have a specific cutting tool. It's not quite as difficult. You could cut it with a PVC cutter if you really needed to, but it can deform the pipe, right? Um, but... You need to know which system you've got. Make sure you've got the proper cutting tool. And then you can have a shark bite fitting. And many of these, they're, almo- they're almost universal. They're not quite, but they're close. Um, but you can get ones that fit the size pipe. Like, if you get under the sink, right, and you see that it says one-half-inch PVC or one-half-inch PEX or one, you know, whatever. You can go to Home Depot and buy either valves, shutoff valves, or you can buy the end caps. Now, I'm not going to recommend shark bite fittings for a permanent fix because these do have the capability of being removed, right? That's one of their, their pros. But the issue is is that if you were to connect them, sometimes there are failures because the way they work is you, you slide the, the, the fitting onto the pipe. And it has a bunch of teeth that kind of grip onto it and seal it against an O-ring. You can have failures where those teeth slip, or you can have failures where that O-ring doesn't seal correctly. So it's always good to, you know, once you patch it, either know how to fix it. And maybe, let's say, you don't have all the equipment to fix it yourself, right? You go and gather that equipment. You gather the, the particular um, caps or the glues or whatever you need, the crimping tool, right? Because all of these, there, there's multiple aspects to all of it, right? But once you've got it all, you know, once you've got it patched, you can at least turn your water on back to your house and have every have water to everything but your sink, maybe that's isolated. Or, I mean, if you've got an issue where your water heater's leaking, maybe you need to know how to plug that or at least drain the water heater, shut it off, right? There's different items there. Some of these, I don't want to get too complicated, but, you know, some of these things, like a water heater, that's a big issue. If you have a general knowledge of plumbing, you could probably handle it yourself, but you know, you want to at least get your house up to code whenever you do these things, so usually it's better to call a plumber, call somebody that's reputable that can get your house up to code when you have an issue. Um, I don't know if that was enough with plumbing, but basically, have bite fittings and the proper cutting tool for your system, and know where your shutoff valve is, so that you can at least stop a leak until you can get somebody to come out and work on your system. All right so the next next one is electrical. Now electrical is a whole lot different right We can deal with water but dealing with electricity that's a little bit more dangerous. Um, you can look it, all right so first step with electricity is to know where your breaker box is and to know what breaker shuts off what circuit and you can really benefit from a like a circuit searcher. Right? One that you can, you plug in a sensor into an outlet, and then you take this little doodad to the breaker box, and it'll, it'll sing whenever you get to the circuit breaker that's for that circuit. Or, you can do it the old fashioned way, the semi old fashioned way. You get one of these little outlet breaker, um, it it looks like a plug that you plug into the wall outlet, and then it's got lights on it that show you whether or not it's got a fault, or if it's good, and if it's on. And if it's green and it's on, you can go to the, breaker box and turn off the breakers until that thing goes off then you can mark it go around and check the ones throughout the room see which ones are off and then slowly one by one mark and label each outlet um light switches are a little bit more difficult but you can still turn the breaker off flip the light switch on and off see which one's coming on and off um you can get a little voltage tester to see if you got voltage to the light switch But go through and label all of them they take the face plate off of your outlet let's say you're working on um Breaker number one, right? You label it number one in your breaker box, then on your outlets, on the inside of the outlet, write number one. That way, if for some something was to happen, you could pull that cover plate off, and you see number one, you can go shut off number one. But in an emergency, you may want to shut them all off just so that you can make sure everything's isolated, everything's turned off, and then you can fix it. Um, I mean, it's all it's always good to know how to remove an outlet or how to remove a light switch, because these are simple things to do. Um, you can, once that breaker's off, you know that you can pull that outlet out, unscrew it, pull it off the, out of the box that it's in, unscrew the wires from it, and then replace it with a new outlet. If you feel comfortable doing that, um, you've got to know what wire is hot, which wire is ground, which wire is neutral. you got to have all that in mind. You have to know all of that before you had to tackle this. So that's why I say electrical is a little bit more different, but being able to isolate the issue is the first thing. And then if, you, if you're if you comfortable replacing it or you know somebody that is, you know, you can have them replace it. Then you can have an electrician come out and look at it and tell you if maybe, maybe there's something wrong with the breaker. Or maybe there's an overload in the circuit. Or you, know, you could have any kind of issue, especially if it's like an outlet that just fries for no reason. Right? You've got a fan hooked into it. You haven't used it. And for some reason it's pulling too much current through it and it's burning your fan up. It's burning the outlet up. You don't want that. You want somebody to come out that knows how these systems function all the way through and that can isolate the issue and be able to repair it correctly. Um, the other simple things that you could look at is like um, washing machines. Washing machines, the hoses that run from the spigots behind, you know, the, the water feed hoses that run from your spigot to your washing machine can spring a leak. So maybe having one or two of those on hand to be able to shut the water off and then replace those hoses, you know, that would, that would save you a ton, you know, and being able to know how to fix the dryer hose on your dryer, right? Because sometimes those things come off and then you end up with, you got lint blown into the room. You've got hot air blown into the laundry room. It's not a good thing. You don't want that to happen, right? So you want to know how to take those off, trim those pieces, tighten it all back together, those are relatively simple, but it's something that you don't think about, right? Um, what else? Well, maybe we can step outside of the ho- I mean, we could look at the house a little bit longer, right? Let's say you've got a screen that's broken. Do you have replacement screen, right? A small roll of replacement screen doesn't cost a whole lot from Home Depot. You can keep that in your garage, in your barn, in your shed, wherever you've got. And then if you've got the, uh, the spline rolling tool or even just a butter knife, you can easily pull the spline out. Replace the screen, stick that back in, and then you've got to replace the screen, right? That's something simple and easy. Um, knowing how to work on doors and hinges, just trying to make sure that you, you know, all your lock sets and things are straight, that your hinges are straight, your doors are closing good, right? If your your door falls off the hinges one day, you open it up, and then for some reason it falls out. Just knowing how to put new screws in that hinge getting a longer screw to go into the 2x4 around the door framing. Because, all right, so most of the time when you have door hinges, they're only held in place by three short little, you know, they're like three quarters of an inch long screws. Well, they're only in the door frame. So once you strip that out, you're not grabbing any wood anymore. You're not actually anchored into anything structural. So if you were to get some longer three inch screws, you can run them through one of those holes and grab into the 2x4. That's framing out the door, and then you can put your other two screws in just as decoration. Once you have it anchored into the two x four, it's there. It's good. Um, you know the match trick, the match match stick trick. So I'm trying to say, is one where you can break off a piece of a match stick deep into the hole inside the door frame, and then drill into that. It creates, it gives you more material in there to create pressure and hold the screws in. It won't hold the door up, right? But if you've got a loose screw and you've got the door held up relatively tight, you can do that so the screws don't just fall out or cause a conflict whenever you go to close the door. Um, Now, I'm not really going to talk about HVAC and refrigeration because those things, one, you need to follow EPA guidelines or at least, I mean, uh, let's not worry about the EPA necessarily, but we need to realize that the chemicals that are inside those systems are not good for you and they're not good for the environment. So regardless of if you're, you know, an EPA regulation freak, or if you're just somebody that's ecologically um, minded and that understands that we don't want to hurt the earth worse than we need to, right? We we need to understand that those chemicals need to be captured correctly. So those systems, there's so much to those that we don't really want to get to that point. But with an air conditioning system, simple air conditioning systems, they've got a thermostat. If for some reason your thermostat shuts off and isn't functioning, you need to know how to take that thermostat off and how to change the batteries. Or if for some reason batteries don't fix it, you need to know how to take the thermostat off, shut the breaker off to the system, and then pull the base plate off and put you a new thermostat on. That's not anything difficult. They're labeled. All of those wires are labeled perfectly. Usually. Usually. More so than like a house wiring system. But knowing how to hook a thermostat up would really benefit you. And get you to a point that you're not having to worry about um, whether or not your thermostat goes. Then let's see, let's go outside to the workshop, right? We've kind of covered some of the kitchen stuff. I mean, there's other plumbing things that we could look at: aerators for your sinks, drains, stuff like that. But if you've got a general mindset, if you you know go around and figure out what you've got, then you can you know maybe have a separate a, a bathroom sink faucet on hand, or a, it's up to you, right? But knowing how to stop a leak is the main thing. Knowing how to shut off an electrical current to a, a broken outlet is the main thing. Knowing how to put a thermostat on and get your house cool again. That's the main So, all right, let's step outside. Let's go to the workshop room. If you've got a yard, you most likely have a lawnmower. And if you're like me, you know that your lawnmower will malfunction on the worst of days with malfunctions that completely, you know, negate the fact of having a lawnmower. So you need to know and you need to have on hand. The components that are most likely to go out and these are like so let's look at what I've got I've got a snapper rear engine rider that is it's very um, homeowner friendly because you can work on it without having to have a whole lot of mechanical skill as long as you have a mechanical mindset and you're comfortable working with stuff like that you can probably figure it out but like um, having extra blades on hand to be able to change them out or just having a sharpener or grinder to sharpen the blade so that you can get them nice and sharp and cut with them um, having extra drive belts for your transmission and your blade that that's um, <laughs> that's on point right there because you want to make sure that you if for some reason you're driving through the yard and you hit a stump that you didn't know was there and it breaks the belt you want to be able to put a new belt on that and keep going you don't want to have to stop and go to the store and come back and I did that the other day so that's fresh on my mind and um, and then, especially with snapper rear-engine riders, you know, the, the transmission system, right? You, some of them, they have a belt. So if you have a zero turn, you've got a belt that feeds from the engine to the, the hydraulics, that power the hydraulics. Or if you've got like a hydrostatic system, you've got a belt that feeds from the engine to the hydraulics. Usually it's a belt. Snappers, they have a drive disc because it's a friction. it's got a friction disc directly below the engine that hits this drive disc and runs into the transmission. So knowing how to change out those components, because they're wear components, right? They're going to wear down eventually. You're going to have to change them. But knowing how to repair them or how to replace them and having those on hand will save you in the long run. And that goes for um, like air filters. That goes for any component that's easily repairable. Maybe have a carburetor kit if you're good with that, right? If you have a general knowledge of how carburetors work and you know how to change parts out, you can get a carburetor kit and have it on hand. And if for some reason, let's say you mess up and you leave gas in the system over the summer or over the summer, over the winter, and now it won't crank. You can pull that carburetor off and if you clean it, let's say you have an ultrasonic cleaner or you have some carb cleaner, right? If you know generally how to work on small things like that, you can have a carburetor kit and potentially repair that carburetor at half the cost as it would take uh, an actual mechanic to fix that carburetor. What else? I mean, one of the things that you could do is walk around your house, walk around your property and kind of take note of what it is that you've got and what it is that's running through your house. And then, you know, have an idea as to what systems you've got and what you might need to fix those systems. And, you know, something sometimes let's say you've got chain link fence or you've got chicken pens or dog kennel or stuff like that. Sometimes you're going to have things happen with those that damage Right. And you need to be able to repair them simply and relatively quickly so that you can contain your dog in your your fence or that you can contain your chickens in their pen. So, you know, having a couple, maybe a couple two by fours around so that you can build a little bit of structure to maybe um, hold up the fence or having some nice solid wire or tarred bank line around to help tie the fence or the chicken wire back to the post that it was on. Give it some support, you know, stuff like that it's it's simple and it sounds kind of silly but when it happens and you don't have the materials on hand to actually fix it or repair it to some you know some degree of workability it, it really frustrates you and you're you're not able to handle it and, and then you know let's say your dog gets out right and it's because you were negligent because you didn't have the, the stuff to be able to take care of it not the dog but repairing the fence so that your dog doesn't right and and this i guess this comes to an, an important part of every homeowner should have the skills to be able to do these things. Because eventually, you will have something happen in your house. that, And it's not going to be on a day that you can call and have a plumber come out and fix it, or the repairman come out and fix whatever it is, right? And then at times, sometimes you may not have the money to be able to repair it. So having a knowledge to keep your house safe, having the, the working knowledge and the ability to repair the things that need to be repaired, right? I mean, that's the whole part of preparedness is not just knowing things that could go wrong and simple ways to, to fix it, but having a working knowledge that you can actually put to use, right? Because um, when, when a hurricane hits, right, and your generator is broken or it's not running correctly, a carburetor kit, that's a spare carburetor kit for your generator that you already have on hand could fix your generator and have you back and running quicker than you could ever imagine and then you don't have to suffer through you know three three days to a week of no power all right we don't want to have to deal with stuff like you know let's say i mean this is kind of hurricane preparedness but i mean it's summer season and we're on the gulf coast so let's say a tree limb comes through the window do you have a piece of plywood to help put over the the broken window pane do you have anything to seal that pane up to keep it from leaking into the house because of course you know the winds may be gone and everything but it still might rain you don't want that coming in the house and especially if you know it ruins your screen right you could deal with an open window if you had a screen there but if you're letting mosquitoes and everything into the house it's not it's not good you're creating a terrible environment for you and your family so knowing how to repair those things at least getting them sealed off well enough is very beneficial but so that's that's all i've really got for this episode so if you would like to support us you can visit us at colesonthecoast.com. We do have a buy me a coffee page that's linked to the home page. So when you when you get to Kohl's on the coast.com, there's an annoying little widget down at the bottom that'll pop up and tell you that we've got a buy me a coffee and you can buy us a coffee or two or three, however many you'd like, they're five dollars each. or you can go to the link in that widget at buymeacoffee.com forward/ on the coast. I think that's the link. But you can go there, you can look at our wish list or look at our goals list, whatever it's called, and you can support us by either donating via a single coffee or multiple coffees or directly to one of the items on our wish list. And right now, I think we've only got one and it's our computer setup, right? We want to get a better computer setup for the house so that we can do these podcasts more effectively. Right now, we're working with a late 2000... Eight iMac and it does well, to, relatively well, because we've got 18 episodes. But we would like to expand that out. Have the iMac for the house. Have a portable system that we can take on the road. That way, we don't have to miss a podcast whenever we go to the Holistic Dentist. Right. Um, you can also support us by calling Jessica. She offers violin, viola, cello, and piano lessons, and she's got some openings available. Um you would have depending on where you're out, right she's local to to the Foley Baldwin county area. so if you're across the country, you can still give her a call. She could do um some over the you know what is it called like a a zoom violin lesson right so you could do that there's a possibility there for that. Um, you can also support us by calling Charlie' small engines or visiting Charlie small engines on the web at Coles on the Coast forward slash Charlie's dash small dash engines. And that's my business, or at least my startup business. And then what what we do is we come to your house, we charge you a fee to come to your house, and we will diagnose your lawn lawnmower system. We will if there it's a if it's a component that we can fix that we can remove from the lawnmower and take with us or from the small engine, whatever it is, right? It doesn't have to be a lawnmower. But if it's a component that we can remove, like the carburetor, we'll take it, we'll bring it home, or we'll fix it up and clean it up for you. We'll bring it back, install it on your in- on your machine, and then we'll crank it up, test it out, make sure it's all nice and running, and then you've got a nice repaired system. Um, you can also bring your equipment to us, and then you know you're bringing it to us. We don't have to worry about the fee and all that good stuff. But um, yeah, so you can either visit me at the website, like I mentioned earlier, or you can call me. Um, Available in the mornings to work on this stuff because I'm still working my, my night job, I guess, now. Um, uh, let's see, what else? You can also support us by going to Speed Limit 26 Goods at Etsy. We are, we now have merchandise for Coals on the Coast. We've got mugs, we've got shirts, we've got koozies. You know, we, we're at it, we're gonna add more stuff to it, but right now it's just mainly t shirts, mugs, and koozies. Uh, Let's see. We've got one other little thing that we can... We are now an Amazon affiliate, right? So if I ever mention a link to something on the podcast, like Sharp Bike Fittings, right? I'm not going to tell you to go to the Amazon link and buy them. But if you want to support us, and you don't really live close to Home Depot, and it costs you a lot of money to go there, or you just rather not go to the store, you can go to Amazon.com through the link that we've got, and anything that you buy there through that link, whether or not it's the item that the link actually goes to, will help support us. Um, so if you, if you're a big Amazon shopper, use our link. A little bit goes a long way in that respect. But anyway, until next time, this is Charlie with Coles on the Coast. And I hope you have a great week.